combine your edu-narrative. If there were an event in your honor and students were standing in line at a podium waiting to speak on your behalf, what would they say? What would our colleagues say about us? What legacy do we want to leave for children as educators? Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. You know, we're always focused on fertilizing seeds of our family, making sure we're leaving a legacy, making sure we're preparing our children for their future to be successful in life. Do we have that same mindset in our classroom? We're preparing a future generation. And some of you may not have children, but if you did, I know your mission would be doing your best every single day as a parent so that your children would lead rich lives, enjoying every moment, learning to love one another, learning to be giving individuals, learning to be caring individuals, learning to be leaders. You're you're molding them for the rest of their lives to grow up, to, to be productive scholars in society. And with your own children, you're going to do everything you can to make sure that each moment counts, that everything you're doing for your child is for the benefit of the rest of their life, for their future. Can we do the same thing for the kids in our classroom? Do we think with that same set of lenses in our classroom? I know in our hearts, that's the way we want to be, but we probably don't consciously think about it. So that's the challenge today that I'm giving, not just you, I'm giving it to myself as well, to go into the classroom and be passionate, know that we are changing lives for the future, that we are molding the next generation, the people who will be the leaders, who will be operating in a society, uh, making decisions, making changes, being innovators. You know, I believe that kids hold the words of three groups of people, probably more. But if I had to just think of it, I feel like kids hold the words of three groups of people in their hearts, like they lock it in. They don't forget. And I feel like that's parents, the leaders involved in their um, church place of worship, like their youth pastor or group leader. And thirdly, the people that come across their path in their educational lifespan. That's teachers, that's the librarian, that's the counselor, that's the custodian, that's other teachers in the building, um, that's parents in the building. So anybody that comes across their path in education can leave an imprint. What kind of imprint do we want to leave? And I believe that those three groups of people, to me, it seems like 
those are the people that children really hold dear and place a lot of value in what they say in their interactions with the student. Um, It's meaningful and it can be impactful for good or unfortunately it can be impactful and leave a painful scar. And that's something I know we never, ever, ever want to be um, guilty of doing. So we have to be intentional, intentional with our relationships with students. I want to share a couple of examples of what that can look like, because maybe, you know, you're a new teacher and and you're overwhelmed or are consumed with so many aspects of getting comfortable with the classroom, the curriculum, the management of students, uh, building relationships with parents and the and the students in the classroom understanding what it is that you have to teach and making sure the kids are getting it. Um, you're, you're, you're consumed with all of those things, and I get it. We've all been there, and it takes so much of us. But there's something else, a, a, another piece that can give you so much joy while you're figuring things out. It probably will make things a lot easier on you. And that's being really, really in tune with the children that you're blessed to have in your classroom. So as we define our edge narrative, and I want to help you picture what that can look like. As I was thinking about this, I had a couple of stories that um, I want to share with you. You know, I've gone through... Um, <laughs> some transformation and experimentation with my hair. Um, It's usually straight and long or really cute and short. So I decided to let it grow out and I decided to leave the perm products on the shelf at the store or in the salon and let my hair um, kind of go into its natural being. (laughs) And that was an experience. However, There are some children in my classroom who look just like me. And it was such a pleasant surprise, friends. I mean, such a pleasant surprise. There was one particular little girl and she was just in awe of my hair. Uh, Many, many times I'd see her just staring and, and quiet and smiling. And I never really did ask her about it. But she did this often, so often to the fact that she just finally had to ask me a question. And she asked this question, Mrs. Browder, how do you get your hair so curly? And so we sat down and talked about it. I asked her if she liked my hair and she just loved it. She even touched it. I mean, the moment was so precious and priceless that I just gave her time to satisfy her curiosity. And so I got to talk to her about um, my journey with my hair and and honestly not liking it curly, but but learning to be okay with how my hair just grows on its own. So I feel like I may have left her with the thought process of being okay with being naturally who you are. And we had several little conversations after that, but just the fact that I took the time to sit down with her and explore her curiosity about me, um, I, I just thought that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. There was another time in my classroom. Um, I, I love for 
family to be a part of my classroom. And and I'm going to have a totally separate episode and conversation with you about the importance of connecting family to the classroom. But part of my connection includes inviting family to come in and read to my classroom. And when I say family, I'm not just talking about parents. It can be grandparents. I especially love when grandparents come to visit, sisters, brothers. Well, one time in particular, a student's grandmother was coming and all week long, this kiddo was so excited and he kept saying, Gigi's coming to read. I'm picking the book. She's coming to read. And pretty soon the whole classroom was calling her Gigi. So when she got there, everybody was like, hi, Gigi. And she was so surprised. I mean, the look of of happiness and the feeling of being welcomed in the classroom was just a priceless moment to see. And all these kids ran up to her and hugged her. And when she read the story, they were sitting, just listening so happily and intently. And all the while I'm watching the student whose Gigi it is, uh, he's just smiling with such joy, like my grandmother is in my classroom and these kids are loving it and I'm loving it. And he soaked up every single moment of that time. We took pictures with Gigi and we laughed and spent time together afterwards. I let the kids ask her some questions with the actual uh, student, the grandson, sitting on her lap. It was amazing. And I know that's an experience that those kids will never, never, never forget. And equally so, Gigi will never forget. You know, I do teach kindergarten and... It may sound odd to you, but it's something I do in my classroom all the time, and it's just it's a it's a natural part of the classroom. It's um, calling the young men young men or gentlemen, and calling the young ladies young ladies. Um, I go so far as to always have the young men open the door for the young women, um, ladies first those types of things. Um, call me old school, but um, I do believe there's value in teaching our students the, the value of that kind of respect. Um, it gives the young men ownership and it gives the ladies, the young ladies, a sense of pride. So it's really a thing of beauty. And it's something I do all the time. It's become so natural <laughs> that I started to notice when um, young ladies would go get water at the water fountain, um, the young men would eagerly be looking for the young ladies to come back to the door so that they could open the door for them. And then I began to notice um, the, the girls in the classroom thanking the young men and the young men saying, you're welcome. Um, those kind of things that... You know, I, I model on the front end, but it takes a life of its own and they own it and they they take it and run with it. And it becomes this environment of, of, of respect and caring for each other on a completely different level. And I just hope that instilling that one little tidbit of, of, of respect um, in their lives will go a very, very long way. It, it, it blew me away to see um, these young men, even in terms of getting in line in the cafeteria. Oh, please step in front of me. That's kindergarten, guys. They, they can do it, and it's amazing. Um, 
you know, I, I believe in the importance of kids having freedom of expression. We have a lot of time um, to be creative in my classroom, and and you learn so much through their artistic expressionism. It, it's it's interesting to watch what kids create. And you can tell from what I was just talking about that I really do create an environment of caring for each other and taking care of each other. And so one day it was this precious little girl's birthday. And during our creative expressionism time, um, another student, a young man, made her the most adorable birthday card. And he walked up to her and he gave it to her. And she was so surprised. And they embraced in the most precious of hugs. In fact, I'm pretty sure that picture is on my blog. Um, and you can see the card that says happy birthday in her hand as he had given it to her. So just creating an environment where kids care for each other, they're intentional. I did not say, go make her a birthday card, but it's just the fact that he cared enough to know it's her birthday and he wanted to give her something special. Those moments mean a lot to kids um, when we aren't just focused on instructional delivery and assessment, uh, where we're, we're focused on developing them as people, as caring, nurturing, cognizant, listening, open-hearted individuals, investing in their lives. Um, it, it just goes such a long way in building their character and developing who they are as a person. You know, I talk about um, family, and I, I mentioned Gigi a moment ago. Um, there's something I like to do when we have field day. You know, there's time, lunches, kind of free-for-all on your own, do what you want to do. And um, it's it's become a tradition for me to have a, a picnic in my classroom. And it's so precious. There are grandparents laughing and talking with other parents and kids and grandkids sitting on grandparents' laps and parents sitting on these at these round, cute, wooden, precious tables and futons and, and relaxing and enjoying each other's company. Uh, my classroom is flexible seating, so it's it's not typical tables and chairs. It's it's kind of like being at home um, in your in your family room. And <laughs> to see this environment um, and 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 this 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 familyism taking place in my classroom. It's simply the most warming experience that I think a teacher could ever see. So knowing the value of family, we, we've talked about a lot in these few moments we've been together, but appreciating family um, goes such a long way. Kids, they appreciate us including their families in every opportunity that we can um, because it's 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 the parents it's the grandparents that's the reason that's the why that we have the students in our classroom and we should value that we have an opportunity to um, build a partnership build a relationship appreciate the richness of family and allow kids to experience different cultures, um, all by just taking time to invite them in the classroom. 
So these are just a few examples um, that I can think of to help us um, figure out how we can begin to leave that legacy. Um, We have kids, unless you're looping, um, or if you're like a reading specialist, you have kids pretty much all through the years that they're at your campus. But most of us have students for just one school year, um, like 187 days or so. And what can we instill in those kids? What impression can we leave? What memories can we tuck into their hearts? We're, we're a third of the group of people that I said earlier that I feel that they hold very dear to them in terms of the experiences, the words we say. Um, we, we have so much meaning in their lives. And I just don't want us to take that for granted. I don't want us to take that lightly. I want us to wrap around that and soak that in and realize and and be in awe of its of the magnitude and the potential that it has to transform the kids' lives, to to give them meaning and purpose. So this is far beyond just the academic side. Um, you know, I I I said Let's talk about defining your edge narrative. This defines the edge narrative. It's not about the academics. The kids are not going to remember. I, I can't think of one student who's ever come up to me in all my years and said, Mrs. Browder, remember that one assignment where we had to sit down and we used cubes? And I, I, I can't think of an example like that. But I can think of an example. Mrs. Browder, remember that time when... Um, it, it was too late and, and you got called back in from the meet the teacher walking around the neighborhood and my family came up and it was late and you had a tea party with me in the office. Those are the things that the kids are going to remember. So it's not all about the academics. The academics is important. That's how we grow them into scholars. But there's a whole other big, big piece that I don't want us to miss out on that I want us to focus on, and it, it's so much so much more important to build their character and who they are as a person. We're transforming their lives, even if we only have them for, for a year. They will always remember their experiences, the words that were spoken into them much longer and much further than they will ever remember this assignment, this test, Um, this lesson or this activity. So I'm challenging all of us, me included, to work really, really hard on defining our edge narrative. And I believe when we define our edge narrative, we're doing all these things that I talked about. We're, We're creating an environment in our classroom of caring, of family, of nurturing, of support, of expressionism, of risk-taking. Be bold and realize that what you do in your classroom in that one school year, you're actually leaving a legacy. I'd like to thank you for joining me at Intelligogy, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. 
Until next time.